Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Eight o'clock hour is underway in Indianapolis. My name is Jake Quarry, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here as well. As we talked about for the first hour, the, obviously the big story within the Colts is that of Isaiah Rogers, who yesterday um, admitted to, confessed to, issued a statement about the fact that he is the player investigated for gambling by the National Football League. And joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline as part of uh, actually an arranged and scheduled interview for a couple of days now to talk about OTAs is one of the captains for the Colts, Zaire Franklin. And... Zaire, let me begin by saying this. I am well aware of and respect the fact that this is an ongoing investigation. Thus, I think it would be a combination of arrogant and naive on my behalf to expect that you would have some sort of long, flowery discussion about it because it would be my assumption you probably can't talk a lot about an ongoing investigation. But since Isaiah Rogers has himself confessed to this, essentially, and apologized for it last night, I just wanted you to have the opportunity as a captain of the Colts to be able to to make a statement or or just respond, I guess, for the fans there in terms of what you can say about it. Um, yeah, so, you know, first off, good morning. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, that was a hell of a song selection, by the way. But um, Shout out Mark Dyson. Uh But, uh, yeah, just, as, you know, regarding the situation with Isaiah, um, you know, obviously – Extremely unfortunate. Um, love Isaiah um, as a teammate, as a as a person. Um, great, great, great man, bro. Um, great father, uh, and uh, knowing just a genuinely good person. Um, but you know, made a mistake, and um, I just feel like you know, as far as the players go, and as far as like this next you know step of the league and the next you know phase of the league with the whole gambling being, um, you know, prevalent um, in our game today. I just think just the more education um, that we can get, the more aware we are, the more aware of our resources um, that are available, you know, from the league, from the PA to the players, um, specific guidelines of what's going on. Um, and, you know, to be honest, it's just a really unfortunate situation. Um, obviously, um, we care about him. You know, we hold him tight. Um, you know, he means a lot to us, you know, kind of regardless of how it goes. Um but you know, I, it's just like I said, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Obviously, it's still an ongoing thing, um, and, and it's just unfortunate, to be honest with you. Zaire, I, I do want to move on, but I am curious about the educational process um, and, and what you guys or how you learn about the NFL's gambling policy and things like that. I believe there are some signs in your locker room that kind of indicate, you know, no, no gambling, especially on premise, et cetera, et cetera. What is that process like for you guys in the off season or even in season in, in learning about what the league's uh, gambling policy is? Yeah, so, um, you know, not to really get too much into it, but, um, you know, I, this year we had a, a meeting uh, with con- with compliance, um, kind of just talking about, uh, you know, the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, I think it was just a lot of gray and maybe a little misunderstanding in some areas, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, what, like what a sports book is. And, you know, I got guys, when I, nobody even knows what a sports book is, you know what I mean? So, like, just kind of clarifying, like, stuff like that. Um, and just kind of talking through the guidelines of, you know, what we can and can't do as professional athletes and as members of the NFL. So um, they're doing their best to get the information out. Obviously, the PA is being very active, um, you know, with our reps coming into the locker room, having those conversations 
with the entire group and one-on-one combos in the in the locker room as well. So, um, like I said, it's a new it's a new phase, it's a new element to the game. Um, and with that new element, we gotta you know be conscious of the new guidelines and the new um, you know different things that kind of come along with that. Appreciate you fielding those two. Shifting gears to where you guys are at right now on June 6th. Again, Zaire Franklin with us here, heading into his sixth season, captain for the Colts. He's with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zaire, um, how would you describe maybe the mood right now for you guys on June 6th compared to where it was maybe last January on January 6th? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, man, it's just more fun, bro. Like it's it's hard to even describe. Like we just really just be having a good time. Um, energy in the practice, um, it's just it's just I don't know. It's just exciting. Um, I think you know we got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that's looking to prove themselves, a lot of you know proven guys that's looking to you know re-solidify who they are in the league and and, and to our team. Um, and I, honestly, I just feel like you know with everybody counting us out, um, it's funny you look on TV and. You look at all those power rankings and stuff. I remember I'm um, 18 sitting in the lunchroom, uh, TV telling us that you know we're terrible, that luck is is, is done, and I'm, I'm Andrew's walking right behind me drinking a bowl of cereal, I think, <laughs> and we ranked 32. The next thing you know, we win 10 straight. So it's just it's so funny how the league goes, and it's understood. You know, you you kind of earn the reputation that you have. But I would just say right now, man, we just locked in having fun, just focused on getting better. It's just so much new energy, so much new. Um, new guys coming coming in and just really looking forward to you know an opportunity to compete again this year. When you go into like OTAs, for example, Zaire, Zaire Franklin is our guest. How much of that is, and, and this is going to sound such an elementary question, <laughs> how much of this time is just about like the bond, if you will, like truly gaining teammates and getting to know one another so that then when it comes time for football action there is a trust amongst one another um i would say it, it's a it plays a big part now obviously um you know repetition is king you know so the many reps as you can get as a team as offense as a defense special teams um going over your schemes working through different things obviously is a big thing for the coaches they're putting in defenses putting in plays um, you know, trying to figure out what works, trying to learn about the dynamic and actually the team that we have. So obviously that's priority number one. But I would say, um, you know, a major part of OTAs is something that we really haven't had a chance to really experience for the most part. Obviously when COVID knocked everything off for a couple of years, um, it's really just, you know, guys just being in a building, you know, kind of getting into that routine early, um, getting acquainted with the city if you knew, um, kind of rebuilding and, and reestablishing a routine if you've been around. And like you say, obviously just guys getting together, man. Um, that relationship that you build in the locker room, off the field, um, it can't help but translate over. Um, and I think we've been blessed to have a great locker room. Um, I specifically, you know, our linebacker room and our defense and stuff too. So um, we've always been very close. And obviously just through the ups and downs of things that we've gone through, I think that's allowed us to remain strong and tight together. Um, and I think now with just this, you know, burst of new blood and new energy into the building, um, I think it's great for us to be able to just really come together and come to get on one accord and really continue to build each other. Because championships and, 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 and wins, they, they start getting built right now. Um, they don't get built in August. So um, the, the, bigger, the sooner you get to it, you know, the faster you get better. You know, from a fan standpoint and media standpoint, there's always curiosity about players coming off injury. I, I get that it's your teammate. I get that you – don't want to interfere with like the rehab of a player because you probably know what that's like as a player. But how much can 
How much concern, I guess, is there is uh, about Shaquille Leonard just in terms of your interest level in his rebound because of the fact that not only does it affect your guy's team because he's a great player, but but your core and your room as well. What is the mindset and the approach in that situation? Well, I think, you know, and I understand, um, you know, I guess your your perspective, you know, from a fan and from a media point, you know, when a guy, you know, has missed games or something like that, how that could, you know, create somewhat of an uneasiness. But I think when you got a guy like Shaq, bro, who comes in and is just so consistent with his level of work and his commitment, his dedication to the game, his dedication to the team, when you got a guy like that, it's almost just like, you know, okay, he's over here, he's taking care of what he got to take care of. We're going to focus on what we focus on. And just prepare for him, you know what I mean? Prepare for, you know, when they come back, however he needs to come back, what capacity is. Because when you got a guy that's just constantly taking care of their business, who's always on, who's always going out their way to do extra, who's always going out their way, um, you know, he's I know he's, you know, flying doctor. He's doing a whole lot of things, really everything he can to, uh, you know, be the best version of himself and be back on the field. When you got a guy that's committed to it like that, I don't really think there's really any concern within the building because um, you see a guy going 110 percent, you know, going that extra mile um, to do what he needs to do to get on the field. I guess I think you only really have concern when you got a guy that's missing treatment time and stuff like that. If it was something like that, then it's a problem. But you know, when you got a guy like Shaq who just locked in, and he's constantly um, raising the bar, even when you know, um, you know, the, the opinion or whatever is not really you know in his favor. I think. Uh, you know, we don't even worry about it in the building, to be honest with you. What teammate most intrigues or excites you on the field that you look at and you go, man, I can't wait to see how this guy's going to play? Ooh. Uh, it's, it's a few. It's a few, honestly. Um, you know, I'm really, I really, you know, I love that D-line, man. I really think our D-line is the most underrated in the league, uh, to be honest with you. Um, uh, Samson is a guy that, you know, I trained with for a couple years, especially when I was, um, you know, a rookie of second year. So, um, really looking forward to seeing how him and Quiddy match up. Obviously, Buck and Grove. Um, loving and looking forward to seeing how them two uh, take that next step. But um, if I'm really being honest, it's probably it's probably AR. You know, to be honest with you, um, you know he the he he the new shining star in the building. You know, everybody. You know, he's a guy that everybody's going to pay tickets to see. Um, obviously, he's flashed. You know, a ton, um, making a bunch of plays and OTAs. Um, obviously, some highs and lows. It ain't. You know, all. Uh, perfect but um you know i think as he continues to grow continue to build i think he actually has all the tools to be special again zaya franklin with us year six for the captain from syracuse he's with us here on the payless liquors hotline i want to hit on anthony richardson a little bit more there um you touched on some of your impressions on the practice field when you get to like a tuesday and you realize you're facing kind of a dual threat quarterback as a linebacker as a captain as a signal caller what? How does that change your you know thought process during the week versus maybe more of a traditional pocket passer? Oh man, um, it completely changes how you you know look at the game and approach it. Um, like when you have a quarterback who's a true th- dual threat, um, it's the 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 threat of them you know whether it's a quarterback design run or um, everybody dropping off. You can have perfect coverage. Everybody can be covered. You can see a scheme, know the routes they're going to run and, and fit it up perfectly, and then they can scamper for 10, 15 yards. Um, just like that thought and that, that thing in the back of your mind, um, I think it's, it's just that in and of itself is a threat. Um, you know, add it to somebody that's dynamic running the ball like, you know, Anthony or, you know, someone like Lamar or something like that. Um, I think it just brings the entire element to the game. Um, even, you know, in terms of, you know, what not even just design calls, but even as a pocket passer, when you got somebody who's athletic like that, when you're rushing, 
you understand that there's another element. I got to actually tackle this dude. You know, he's not just like, you know, quote unquote, a statue um, or somebody that, you know, you can run down. You know, we, when we go against uh, running quarterbacks or quarterbacks who are extremely mobile, we got to talk to our D line. Look, the D line can't just fly up the field and just go rush because you might create a lane. This dude might be able to step up and whether that's make a throw, a big throw down, down the field or, you know, scramble, um, for a significant game, and now you got to take somebody out of coverage, or now in your coverage, you you just got that in the back of your mind. Maybe you're not playing this tight man cover, so um, it's definitely a different dynamic. And I think that's why the NFL is uh, moving so much more towards mobile quarterbacks, just because they just bring so much, so much to the game. I'll leave this pretty open ended because I think your tweet a few weeks ago addressed it uh, pretty accurately. But as someone that got his start on the NFL and entrenching himself as a special teamer, uh, your thoughts on the new kickoff rule? Man, uh, I just think, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to the league, and I, I understand, you know, player safety is obviously number one. Um, progressing our league is obviously priority, uh, a high priority on the league's list. Um, but, you know, I just think, you know, special teams is a major part of the game. Um, we watch playoff games. We watch Super Bowls. We watch, you know, some of the biggest games, some of our favorite games all the time be changed by the dynamic of special teams, whether that's, you know, a kickoff return, whether that's a punt um, um, or punt return, I think special teams is a major part of the game. And to just maybe move to a part where you're trying to phase out a part of a game, first of all, um, you're taken away from the game. You know, because at a certain point, I understand every year you got to add rules, every year you got to critique, every year you got to hone in and then try to make the game better. But at what point? are you actually taken away from, you know, what actually makes the game beautiful in and of itself? Um, you know, I think sometimes it's just, you know, I get we got player safety, but, man, this is football, man. You don't, you don't see you don't see boxers telling them, oh, no, no body shots or, you know, like no, no face shots. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a physical game. You know, if we wanted to play two-hand touch, you know, <laughs> we could have signed up to do that a long time ago. Um, I think the physical element of a game is a part of what makes the game great. And I understand that, you know, Obviously, with the technology and everything that's coming on, we want to keep everybody safe. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm, – I don't know. I'm just – where I'm from is just, look, if you're scared, go get a dog, you know. But if you, if you ain't scared, go play. That's just that's just where I'm from. Zaire, I'm curious um, – Or a cat, Jake. You got a cat, right? I do have a cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's correct. I had a cat, though. I love cats, too. I'm, I'm, I'm both. Oh, there you go. All right. I like that. See? Cats are cool. Okay, Zaire, you're, you're a native of Philly. I, I We might have discussed this before. Um I don't remember whether I was at Penn Station or Hoagies and Hops. They're both great. And I'm getting a sandwich, and somebody, like, blasted me for putting ketchup on it. And then I heard that you actually either ketchup or mustard you're, you are willing to put on a Philly steak and cheese. Now, you, you would be a resident expert on this. Mm -hmm. uh, is that a violation? I don't think it is to put ketchup on a, a, steak and, a Philly steak and cheese. Your thoughts? Well, let me first off start by saying uh, my order um, for all those listening. First of all, shout out to Hoagies and Hops. Um but salt, pepper, ketchup is just a staple. Where I'm from in Philly, salt, pepper, ketchup is just where you start at. So ketchup is, is a mainstay. I like mustard. I like mayonnaise. You know, I like sweet peppers every now and then, and I'm obviously going to throw fried onions. That's my order. But I think what people don't understand is the cheesesteak is like it's like a personality thing. I got friends who get lettuce and tomatoes on their cheesesteak. Now, I think that's ridiculous. But, listen, <laughs> if, you, if that's what you like, and that's what, you know, more power to you. So um, there is no right or wrong answer to your cheesesteak. Um, but, yes, I put ketchup and mustard on my steak. But, you know, that's just me. Um, it is what it is. See, this totally validates me, which I love. And, and I've, I'm going to oh, now God. label you as oh. – 
You, this is like the fourth time you've been on with us, so you're officially, I think, friend of the show. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. So my, that. my question, my last question for you is this, Sayer. I, I think people and fans love your story, right? This is a city that, probably not unlike Philly, loves a guy that just like, based on bringing his lunch pail every day, works his way through the roster, which is what you've done. When you look at it now, and you're a leader of this franchise, you look at the young guys around you, and which one most reminds you of the young Zaire Franklin? Man, um, that's tough. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think um, for myself, uh, just kind of just the journey that I had, uh, I don't know. You know, I feel like I just had great vets, man. I've always I've always had great guys to kind of base myself off of and just really learn from. Um, to be honest, you know, I love JoJo. Um, that's my guy, young rook in the room. Um, very humble, man. All about the grind. Uh, love young Grant. Obviously, I love my young LBs, Shagun. Love the young LBs. Um, and, you know, I think that's to be seen, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like we got a great group of young guys uh, that came in, especially the young rookies. Um, obviously, we still getting to know them. They still getting to know me. Um, but, you know, I really felt like, you know, throughout my journey um, in the league, um, it was filled with highs and lows. You know, you know, every year, you know, I wasn't – always, you know, slated to be, you know, this guy on the team. Sometimes I was just fighting to make the roster. Um, but I think uh, the best advice I got was from Rob Mathis, and he just told me, um, first of all, it's a marathon, um, not a sprint, and really just to run your own race. You know, you can't, you know, run, you know, the race looking at the other guys in the, um, in the room and what somebody else is getting, what you're not getting. Um, and I really just think the guy that really just locks in and focuses on the grind, like just focusing on getting better, Every single day is going to continue to separate themselves. But obviously, I love the young LBs. Um, those are my boys, man. We got them in the room. We got a great young room um, beside, behind me, Shaq, and uh, Speed. So definitely going to get a lot of the young LBs. Zaire, we'll end with this. And uh, really appreciate your time, especially missed everything the last 24 hours this morning. Uh, but I want to give a chance to for you to kind of explain a little bit more about your foundation. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Shalisa's Angels, am I saying that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, Shalice's Angels, from a financial literacy standpoint, taking some high school kids to Google headquarters, just talk a little bit about, you know, what you, you've done w- with the foundation, because I think it's a variety of things, variety of ages that you're impacting here. Yes, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, so Shalice's Angels is a, my nonprofit, um, named after my mother. Um, you know, with the primary goal of really just, you know, trying to reach young kids, specifically young women, um, from, you know, tough communities um, in tough situations and give them experiences that, you know, they may not have had the opportunity to reach any other way. So um, in 19, 2019, we took them to Google headquarters in New York City, a group of like 20 kids from uh, North Philly. Um, last year, we took them to Sixers uh, headquarters. They got a chance to meet, you know, the marketing side, the business side, the finance side, kind of learn how the how organization works behind that. This year, we took them to uh, – Facebook, Instagram headquarters, Meta, uh, you know, that's the new name now, uh, Meta headquarters in New York City. Um, and as well, we also have a financial literacy component, um, just trying to teach the young kids, trying to give them tools that, you know, I wish I had. That's kind of more for the high schoolers. Um, we hosted a financial uh, literacy uh, academy in the stadium earlier this year in August at Lucas Oil. had some kids in Lucas Oil um, the first time. And we did it in the locker room. It was a chance for them to come to the locker room, kind of see where we work at, see what we're about. Um, and also probably get you know try to help them give them some tools to be better uh, adults and, and and better individuals and give them a better chance of financial help. So um, yeah, obviously I'm I've been doing you know community services for a long time. Being in a community is something that like I'm extremely passionate about. It's really who I am at its core. 
Um, and, you know, I just look forward to, you know, continue to do these things in Indianapolis and in Philadelphia alike um, and just continue to try to help the kids. And whether that's experiences or whether that's tools that we're giving them, I'm just do our best. My do my best to try to help them out. Again, that is shalicesangels.org, S-H-E-L-I-C-E-S, angels.org. Zaire, I know we threw a lot at you in this uh, last 15, 20 minutes. Appreciate you handling it all, and uh, good luck these final two weeks of the offseason program, and we'll see you in camp. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys.